0: This is The Lore Check. Hello other people, and thank you for joining us for episode 5. I'm your host, Brandon Michael Terry, and with me as always is my co-host, Devin
1: Unlimited Power! Wait. Oh, well, hello. Thank you for uh, recognizing my unlimited power, and I have been known to do it when the need arises. Such an amazing character in such a terrible movie. No. He was... A great villain?
0: Yeah, amazing character in a terrible movie. I admit that. Oh, okay.
1: Well, how is the movie terrible? Should we discuss this an hour later? We'll discuss that later.
0: Alright. Today we're actually gonna be worried about discussing powers of characters, the abilities our characters have. But as always, we have our story time before we get into general topics. So today, Devin and I are gonna share some stories of the most ridiculously awesome thing characters done.
1: So Devin wanna start us off this time? So I'm going to start us off maybe not ridiculously awesome, but in my opinion, was pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, I was playing a summoner who we mm-hmm. were, my party and I, we were facing a uh, troop of soldiers that were attacking us. And the foot soldiers were put in front and the cavalry in the back. Don't know why, but that's the way it was. And as a summoner, when you summon your summoned creature, uh, not your Edelon, but whatever you choose to bring in from your summon monster ability... They act immediately on the summon, and they always act on your turn. So I ran as far as my movement speed would let me go, then used my standard action to summon a rhinoceros as far as I could summon it out, and then let it charge 40 feet into the line of soldiers, effectively skewering two of them. And with our druid uh, turning into a massive grizzly bear, both were able to give enough intimidation that half of the soldiers immediately turned around and ran. Hmm. And that was pretty cool. I certainly imagine a bioner just peering out of nowhere and just plowing through a line of men. (laughs) It's (laughs) like the Chronicles of Narnia almost.
0: Poor guys. So my story is actually a little bit similar to making people run away. My experience of the story, UGM, the very last arc of the story, maybe like three sessions to go, our party is surrounded by this swarm of demons that Devon populated in the area. Mm. So this is going to be a pretty nasty fight. People are dying all over us. This entire town is engulfed in flames. My summoner, or my shaman, that's what it was, walks up. And with a wave of hand and a few arcane gestures, half of those demons just went and vanished. At this point, most of the people we played have never really messed with shamans. That Others probably didn't know how could do that. We saw half the people we were facing was van- barely vanish away. It's just amazing. Like, you turn this entire combat, it's like, hmm, no. And it was just more awesome just because that power of, I just told them to go away, and they did.
1: Return to your own plane, yeah. And it was pretty awesome. And I love that sham. He, uh... He caused lots of problems for you as a GM, Devin. Yeah, he did, but it was still very fun to to, to have him in the party. Just that... Despite the fact he never cared. <laughs> and this kind of connects to today's topic because we are talking
0: about the cool abilities our characters have in role-playing games. Whether it is the over-the-top combat abilities of your fighter types, the arcane powers, the magic users crackling with energy, or just the super high-tech you find in sci-fi games. The basic tenet of many role-playing games is your characters can do things that you can't do in normal life.
1: That was no one can do. Would you agree, Devin? I would agree. Uh, I do not remember the last time I was able to shoot lightning from my fingertips, or do a quadruple backflip onto the neck of an enemy to grapple them with my feet, or even wield a greatsword with the proficiency enough that within a six second turn I swung it eight times proficiently.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that was at least three years ago. the Last time you did that, my ball. Well, yeah, I'm out of practice. So there's there's some exceptions to that rule. I mean, Call of Cthulhu is a game built around your characters being normal people in normal scenarios, or normal people in abnormal scenarios. <laughs> so there's nothing not, normal, not about, normal about
1: whatever Cthulhu has got planned. You almost
0: had a very dark look into my life. <laughs> but, there's normal people in abnormal scenarios, and that's very important for that genre of game. We'll talk about horror gaming later, and part of that does require being normal people in abnormal settings. For the most part, You have powers. So why? Why do we feel the need to have characters with superpowers? Why do we feel that it's necessary for a good game? And so we're going to discuss that.
1: Before we do, Devin, any opening thoughts you want to contribute? I think it's just very important to keep in mind that with greater power comes even greater responsibility. Thank you, Uncle Ben. I appreciate that. I like his rice.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay, so... More importantly than all this, what we're going to probably try and spend time doing, though, is geeking out over how, how cool some powers are. But first and foremost, let's talk about, I think, the biggest and clearest reason why we like powers. In reality, it's just wish fulfillment. I mean, at the end of the
1: day, I want to have superpowers in my life. I, I-, have, I have always wanted two telekinetic powers. One, just in general, telekinesis, the, the ability to use my mind to move objects whether it's a forceful push or it's just bringing the remote to where i currently am so i can change the tv or even just using it to change the tv where the remote currently is at and teleportation i think it would be so wonderful if with the blink of an eye i could all of a sudden be somewhere in europe just doing my thing and when i was ready to go home and take a nap or go to bed i could just teleport right back to my apartment so much money on gas oh my goodness and you get to sleep in more Very important life lessons. Who cares about stopping crime, just saving money and... It's all personal thinking. It's like the ring of gaijis, right? Mm. If, if you could twist it and turn invisible, what would you do? I think that's, that's very important. Like, we all want to, we all want to have those powers. Even more like, we
0: all imagine, remember when we were kids, on the playground, at our friend's backyard, we imagine being superheroes. We imagine being superheroes or wizards or power rangers, fighting crime, stopping the bad guys, saving the day. We might even just imagine being Army
1: men, firefighters, and soldiers. We imagined things. We wanted to be more than we were. And unfortunately when we grew up we realized that it would be impossible to be more than we are. And we had to settle with the dull expanse of the void that we now currently exist in. But role playing gives us a chance to escape that. You said that in the most depressing way I could possibly imagine Well, I believe I mentioned it the very first
0: episode as well. <laughs> so yeah, we do we do encounter that. like we kinda realize we aren't gonna be those things. I mean some of us did grow up to be firefighters and soldiers and police officers. Thank you for all that. But most of us don't grow up be superheroes or have amazing technology and superpowers like Power Rangers. So I think the, sh- the sad thing is we stop imagining. A lot of people, when they grow up, because they couldn't be that thing, they stop pretending. You give up on your dreams to be a wizard. Yeah, and I think society tells us that like pretending to be what you're not. Like, pretending to be superheroes seems kind of weird for an adult. And they might be somewhat right. I don't know. I'm not a well-adjusted adult, so I can't really say it, to be honest. But, as Devin said, role-playing games give us a chance to pick up that childish wonder again and live it out. It gives us a chance to still be these heroes, be these superhuman, and to love it. And more to help us get out of tyranny of reality. Just because I can't summon a pillar of fire from the sky doesn't mean I can't play a character who can. And the more I embody that character, the more I feel like I did do that. But there has to be a very clear line drawn between your character and yourself sure, sure, whatever. Like, I get it. I'm not Natan. I'm not a shaman. Whatever. It's the closest I'm going to get, so I'm going to go with it. Role Playing Games offers that to us. It offers a chance of real wish fulfillment that we've given up as kids. It's kind of the next step to the book. And we all believed LeVar Burton, We told us, that if it's in
1: a book, we can go anywhere. We can experience anything. The Reading Railroad truly allowed us to get on the Reading Rainbow. As long as you owned it in Monopoly. I hate you so much sometimes, Devin. <laughs> Taking a step forward out
0: of the bar burdens, thinking us how we can do anything in the books, we can do even more by being role-playing characters, it is the closest you're going
1: to get to being that knight. Or being the villain in the story. There's games for that too. I have a friend who every time we play, regardless of his class, he will play a thief-type character, even if his character isn't built for it. He just naturally gravitates towards wanting to be conniving and serious and steal whatever he thinks is shiny. And it's cool because in a role-playing scenario, you can totally do that if you can get away with it. I think that is part of it. Like, people gravitate certain characters because you know, it's part of the switch for them. When people first start playing role-playing
0: games, the people they create is just themselves as the superpowers. That's, if I had the ability to do this, here's what I would do. I think eventually you need to graduate from that and move on to other characters to really experience some deeper things. But I get it. You want to have the power to do the stuff you've always wanted to do. Hopefully, that's not be a villain and be a thief, but I'm not here to judge you this episode. That was the last <laughs> episode's job. So, I think that's good for wish fulfillment. But I think there's, on top of that, there's this wish of wanting to make a difference. I think it's another big reason why we want to have powers in games. What do you think about that, Devin?
1: We, we always tend to think of ourselves in scenarios of like, oh, what would I do if, you know, an armed robber came into the store mm-hmm. I'm at, you know, and was holding uh, an elderly person hostage, you know, would I run up and disarm them? Uh, Would I talk them down using my charismatic charm? Uh, Or would I, with great dexterity, jump off the table, throw a plate at their, you know, head, knock them unconscious, call the police? We always wonder, you know, in daydreaming scenarios, how would we handle those situations? But when we roleplay, we have a chance to actually do those things with our characters. As a victim of an on-robbery before,
0: I understand that in reality, what I did Probably most of you would do is you freak out, you talk in a weird squeaky high voice, and you do whatever the robber told you to do. The reason why you do that is
1: simple. Because in reality, you do not have the skills to stop that robber. And Some also, of you do. I didn't. Well, I was just going to say, worst case scenario, in this world, mm-hmm. uh, you die. Which is pretty bad. But, worst case scenario, in the other one, you die, and your cleric brings you back to life, or you re-roll another character.
0: Yeah, so there's differences there. If you have the skills, you can make a difference. When I reimagined that robbery scene, of course I fantasize about, like, what if I knew close combat martial arts and it would just arm guys with guns? And made me feel better about that scenario. Role-playing games, you have that power. That's one of the reasons why we give our characters ability. Because in reality, what we know is that the world's broken. The world has lots of things wrong with it, and we want to fix it. We have that internal desire to see things fixed. But on the opposite side of that, we also know that we're mostly impotent. Most of us just can't make a real difference. If there was a real dragon destroying the city, most of us would just be... Sitting there watching it happen until we
1: die. Yeah, we're not going to be a bard with a family heirloom harpoon on our wall that can happen to hit the dragon right where it needs to be to bring down smog. I mean, I'm making a hobbit reference for those who haven't thought on yet. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> but
0: so, in order for us to face the challenges of the world, people need powers, superpowers, abilities, technology that's beyond what else has. And in role playing games, the reason why we have these great powers is we want the problem to be big. Because if all the problem was with a milk run, the game was. Okay guys, I need your characters to go down to the grocery store, buy me some milk, ride back, and give it to my character and mom. And at that point it's just a day job. Yeah. It's a weird day job that you're imagining <laughs> getting milk for somebody. It's not that interesting. It's not exciting. It's not thrilling. It's not fixing any big problems in the world. So we create these large scenarios of kingdoms at war, of beings from other dimensions and other planes coming to invade our universe. Of rich kings rising up armies of the undead. And in order to solve that problem, you have to have people with powers. So we get part of our wish fulfillment, part of our desire to make a difference in this world, through role-playing games. Does ever have that small tangent that you want to be the hero. Or the villain. be a good villain, you need powers as well. If you aren't powerful, you can't really be a good villain very long, because you'll get killed. Very true. Or you just have to be able to outsmart everybody. Kind of like <laughs> the Joker. And that's a superpower in and of itself. Having this incredible wit. And I think those are kind of the big, epic stuff, I think. Role-playing games give us powers for. Because we want to tell us epic tale of saving kingdoms and saving the world of making a difference, of being a hero. But there's a little bit less of an epic reason people
1: want two powers. Devin, what would you say that reason is? Sometimes you just want to be crazy. Sometimes you just want to, as we said in the last episode, be able to shoot a massive hole through a wall to escape. Sometimes you want to be able to conjure a snowstorm because you want to have a snow day and you don't want to, you know, go to school or you want to sleep in earlier. We all have that part of ourselves. Any and every single person, there's a little part of you that's the equivalent of the drunk guy at the party screaming, hey, look at this. You want to do something crazy and have people watch you do something crazy. We all have that part of us, don't we? I think so. And then you want to be able to reflect back on that and laugh and and tell people, like, oh, hey, do you remember when I do this? And then, depending on the way your party's structured or how the players are, it could potentially build upon itself wanting people to one-up one another, which then creates another fun drive and dynamic for the party. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to do
0: crazy things. There is some bad publicity that people who are murder hobos and munchkins get about being so obsessed with power and doing crazy stuff. But part of that's just, you know, blowing off some steam sometimes in role-playing games. That I've struggled all day with work and feeling like I'm powerless and weak. So I just want to get home and, you know, blow up a building. Or, you know, possibly burn down a town that's full of cannibals. We all have desires to do something crazy
1: every now and then. And I'm sure anyone who's been in any customer service industry would immediately understand this desire. The Lord check does not officially recommend burning down buildings or destroying towns. Moving
0: on from that. <laughs> nice PSA. <laughs> so I think sometimes, in order for us to do this crazy thing, though, we need cool powers. If our character can only do what I can do in r- normal life, while it lets me do it without consequences, it still limits on crazy things I can do. I can't start a bar fight in real life and expect not to get beat down. If my character doesn't have the power to fight, he's just going to get beat down as well. So part of why we have cool power in role-playing games, let's do some really crazy things. It allows us to bring down fire from heaven, or summon a rhino to crash through people. And sometimes just, I do it because I want the story. So That's the best idea, but it's fun. And at the end of the day, it's all about the game, and it's all about having fun. A lot of role-playing sessions really just boil down into people using crazy, powerful characters to scratch an itch they have in real life. Just scratch this desire to be crazy. There's nothing wrong with that. In the end, I kind of want to make a distinction. We have these two different kinds of reasons why we enjoy role-playing games. On the one hand, you have the epic, I want to make a difference and save the world and be a legendary hero. On the other hand, you have the Hey, look at me. Look at me do this crazy thing, like jump off the roof into a pool full of jelly. We all want to do one of those two things, usually. That's what powers do. Both of these are great. I think role-playing games basically boil down to two different kinds of stories I want to tell people. The first is the
1: bar story. The second is the bard story. And that is B-A-R-D, and not the one we referenced earlier from The Hobbit. Correct. So, Dad, why don't you tell me what like, I mean by bar story. So, by bar story, to get you thinking about it, it could be summarized best as this sentence. Hold my beer. The kind of story that you're going to be like, you know, I bet I could clear that jump. Or, you know what, I bet I could juggle those chainsaws. Hold my beer. The bar story embraces that craziness that we were talking about. Just the insanity of some powerful action you did, which may have honestly served no greater purpose other than to do it for the sake of doing it. Because you can, and you have those powers. And it adds a really fun, you know, twist to what's going on in the game. It allows players to to joke around and to really, uh, as Brandon you were saying earlier, sometimes blow off some steam. Sometimes just really wind down from the day. The most fun stories
0: that Devin and I have had in role-playing is when our city, our characters go to a city and just a series of like crazy things happen. Which include at one point my shaman taking Devin's samurai to a gambling ring. And earning us both a lot of money because my character also has a gambling addiction. And
1: fostering a gambling addiction in my character as well. It was a great story. But yeah, (laughs) so there's that part of it. And then there's the bard story. Devin, what's that? So the Bard story, B-A-R-D, is a story that's going to be sung by the Bards. It's going to be put into tale and written about and remembered for ages to come. It's going to be the harrowing journey that the adventurers took by delivering this one ring of power all the way across the world to a mountain to have it destroyed. It's going to be some type of story where you ascended from these little nearly, I say, insignificant characters to these grand heroes who are almost demigod-like. And it's an aspiration for, I would argue, glory.
0: Yeah. And that's what well, I think a lot of stories are, is these characters going from zero to hero. just like Hercules. Yeah. Great movie reference. I can make them too, Devin.
1: <laughs> well, I think that was actually a song in the movie as well, right? Yes, I can make great movie references.
0: <laughs> so, we have this epic story of us growing and saving the world stopping the lich king and his red dragon best friend from destroying the entire country and those are great stories too and the big thing to understand as a gm or as a player is understand which direction you're going in that session that day know whether or not you want to tell a bar story or Bart story because if you have if you conflict heads it can make it really frustrating if you're a player in a group that's all about the bar story and you want to do the bar story which i've been sometimes then it gets really frustrating because i want to tell an epic tale but my heroes save the day and they just want to you know Pick up chicks with cool powers. Both are fine, but you get to know what you're doing. You have to know what you're going for. But either way, you need the powers to do it. And that's what role-playing games gives a chance to do. So, Devin, any uh, closing words of wisdom for our listeners today about powers?
1: I would say that uh, one thing to keep in mind whenever you have a character that slowly or rapidly grows in power is that powerful energies will eventually attract powerful enemies. And if you're diplomatic enough, maybe they'll become frenemies. Nice triple rhyme, Devin. That is friend enemies, for those who don't know the abbreviation. Yes, in case any of you guys are not tween
0: girls, Devin is going to help you understand that <laughs> you But thank you for joining us in today's episode of warcheck Next time, we're going to be shifting gears a little bit. We're going to leave our series about the basic elements role-playing games, and we're going to jump into the major genres of gaming. And thank you for joining us this time on the War Check.